0: Oh, this is, Trey fixed this one. He
1: did. He fixed
0: it for you. He texted me randomly the other day and was like, Holland, this is your house for laundry and rest. What happened? He was sitting there in the office yesterday and
1: he just looks at me and he goes, how has Holland done laundry? Like all of a sudden just, he like was overcome. <laughs> and I was like, well, she went to the mat because she said she had like a ton and it was just like an easy thing to do. Yeah. And it was before her mom came and yada, yada. And I was like, babe, and I bet, like, sometimes it's just easier than organizing it with us. And it's like, it's okay. And he was like, I'm texting her right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He did. Uh Out of nowhere. Uh It's like, it's 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. And I'm getting texts. Holland, this is your house for laundry and rest and whatever else you need. Such a dad these days. I love that, man. So So precious. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know who you are and what you
1: became. We watched videos of him from when we first met. We first flew here. And he was like, oh, my God. I was like, what? And he was like, I'm so, like, hard. And I was like, oh, that's really sweet to see. Because people had said that. He was never like that with me. But he would put off, like, this energy to people yeah. that I think was a protection mechanism. Yeah. And all these types of things. He was just, if he's sarcastic now, he was, like, far more sarcastic. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just kind of, like, short and mm-hmm. snippy. And, yeah, he was, like, appalled at himself.
0: I was like, oh, that's really cute to see,
1: like, because, yeah, you have grown, and other people have said that. Yeah. Like he is not the same person.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, oh, that's really, it's really cool, like that human beings can grow. Mm. I mean, he wasn't an asshole. He was just, yeah, kind of like a grouch. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I could see. I mean, that. he could be grouchy. Yeah. yeah. But so can I. Yeah, I think you. I
1: see you. Yeah. <laughs> like I also feel grouchy. Yeah. Uh-huh.
0: I just mask it a little better. Mm-hmm. But that's right. No, it doesn't mean <laughs> no, it means nothing. <laughs> You're not grouchy. Yeah, no. I'm so grouchy. Yeah. Daddy Trey. I wonder how much of it has to do with the increasing amount of women that he like loves and trusts in his life.
1: Ooh, like healing kind of like, some yeah, of like those. From... Yeah, 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 yeah. You like, would he specifically. Protects us. <laughs> <laughs> like let's just be really clear. It's not well I think it was one of the steps for him too. Mm. I can't can't help it it's really, it's beautiful and I think it's developmental Mm. I even just got this new book called it's about the developmental stages of men and that's just constantly fascinating to me because I think I don't know, I think we vilify men a lot and for a lot of good reason Mm. as a whole the patriarchy's done so much harm but I don't I don't like it, I don't like how Mm. we're like I don't know that they don't get to be young and explore, I don't know, It's like weird amount of responsibility would put on their shoulders too soon. Oh not gosh, like yeah. It. I don't.
0: Hey y'all, welcome to Sex Ed For You, the podcast where research meets reality. I am Lauren, a certified holistic sexuality educator. And I'm Holland, and I have
1: a Bachelor of Science in Public Health. Sex Ed For You's podcast is for people who want to date and have great sex that is fun and safe and enjoyable. We like to empower our listeners to make informed decisions that lead to values-based living.
0: Buckle up for the ride of your life, because in this episode, Lauren and I discuss a wide variety of topics, from what we believe is shaping the sexual values of my generation, the anatomy and physiology of vulvas and arousal, positions to try for those struggling with painful penetrative intercourse, and Lauren's never-before-heard o story. Welcome to episode five. I hope you enjoy. Good morning. Good morning. Happy episode something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> First, before we get going, I want to know, yeah, if you're getting feedback, I'm so curious because now I've been in the podcasting game a little while, <laughs> but I, I'm i going to cry already. Goodness gracious. <laughs> um, yeah, this, you have shared so many brave stories already, and I am wondering how it's feeling A in your mm-hmm. body to be sharing on a platform like this, um, to be living and working in a profession that you like set your sights on. And then B what kind of feedback, if any, that you're getting.
0: Okay. Start at number one again and ask <laughs> a question.
1: <laughs> how is it feeling to be transparent okay. on a platform like this? Yeah. Doing a thing like you always wanted to do even yeah. more specifically.
0: It feels God, so dichotomous. Like, there are so many good feelings that come with it, but there are also so many fear-related feelings Mm. because I, as a person, I'm just very propelled by fear. It's, like, one of my biggest emotions. We've talked about that. Um, So in one way, it's been very cool because Mm. I'm like, these stories I know are going to be so embraced by those who need them. Mm. And I think that's really cool. And I know that my story can help a lot of people who are like me because that's all I really wanted when I was going through it was to hear, like, oh, you're not alone, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really empowering, but it's also really scary because I'm putting a lot of things about me, like, on the Internet (laughs) Mm -hmm. where anyone can see them. Um, Yesterday when I was publishing episode two, I – was like, oh, I talk about that I smoke weed. Like mm-hmm. people are going to see mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this going to affect how people see me? Is this going to affect, you know, my other job that I have? Mm-hmm. And so that fear kind of set in. But then I got a text this morning from an old friend who was very encouraging and um, sharing that they had also been through a, an experience recently that's been really hard on them. And they spoke on how my Sharing my story was empowering for them and it really, really encouraged me and made me feel like this is the right thing. It reassured me.
1: I think it's Marion Woodman who talks about is perfectionism tied to patriarchy, right? Mm-hmm. Patriarchy, big P, harmful of all people of all genders, and is part of the divine feminine. The mess, right? The digging in the dirt, the doing things imperfectly. This is the whole old power versus doing power differently that we talked about in the Cassandra Speaks book. And I think sometimes our healing journeys, especially folks like you, we want them to be perfect. It's like we want to do it perfectly. Yep. I want to heal myself perfectly. And I think part of healing, ironically, Is doing it a little bit messy. Yeah. Right.
0: And letting other people see the mess. Because I think for me, I'm so much of a showboat. Like I'm okay with it being fucked up. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with Mm -hmm. doing it my way. Mm -hmm. My thing is I want other people to think I'm doing it (laughs) perfect. I want other people to look at me and go like, oh my God, she's been through so much and she's doing so well. Mm -hmm. And look at her just killing Mm -hmm. it over there. Yes. And I think it doesn't help that that is what most people think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that is the general perception that people have of me and while that's wonderful and that like boosts my ego it makes me feel like I have to like maintain that oh like I'm doing it so well I've recovered from all my trauma I moved across the country I'm so perfect and I'm so not right (laughs) I'm so not perfect and I am so messing up every every single day and I just feel like I have to upkeep that so it's Less of the, yes, I need to do this perfect, more of people need to think I'm doing this perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. And that harms not only you, but everybody else too, yeah. ironically, right? Yeah. Like, it, it just leads us to feel badly about ourselves if we think that somebody else is doing mm-hmm. it perfect, right? And then we get into a conversation of privacy versus secrecy, right? It's also not your responsibility to have to, you know, show everybody all of the in-between, all of the mess, all of yeah. the murky middle That's it's not your job. And yet it can be freeing sometimes. Mm -hmm. It really can. Right. It's our whole only enough and fully enough. Mm. Like we are fully enough right now. Yeah. It's some days it is only enough. Right. We have said it's been so fun. Y'all audience bringing Holland onto this business because I have built a business before, but I had none of the tools that I have now. And so this time, I really wanted to build a business that is okay with a really shitty day, Mm -hmm. right? Is okay with menstrual cramps overtaking our lives and us getting the smallest bit of work done. And then the next day, feeling better and accomplishing the work that we didn't get done the day before. Like, I just, no. Or it gets pushed a week because I just, I think the bodies that we live in are the bodies that we bring to the table and they are only enough some days. Yeah. Like, to get us through the day. I'm so damn thankful I have you. I just... Who says that work needs to look like a certain way? Like, yes, we need to show up, right? We have a full day of clients today. I need to be there for them. But it is interesting, even with a good friend of mine that died last month, that I, I was able to just show up and be grieving and be there with my clients. And I was fully enough for them.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Each one of them... Was able to, A, say, I my heart hurts for you, right? I am with you, which is then empowering because we all love to be helpful, right? Not mm-hmm. just to this, Lauren is this smart person. They were able to help. But then also seeing real grief allows pieces of them to be set free too.
0: Absolutely. Right?
1: Not like everybody else has it so perfectly and I'm over here in this sad place. No. No. It's... It's alive in the pit of hell, and I will not stand it.
0: We won't stand. <laughs> we will not, we will for not that.
1: stand for it. so far, it's going okay. Is it messy sometimes? Yeah, but I'm, I'm just okay with it, mm-hmm. right? I mean, part of our mission statement is to have like absolute top quality education Absolutely. for our clients and students. We're not, it's not going to be sacrificed. It just might be slower and then faster some days, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. That's I'm beautiful. happy for you. I'm proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Okay. Things we wanted to talk about today, and then I kind of would love like your stories, your angle, your perspective on these things. Something that I work with a ton of clients on is this concept of our sexual values, like what really shaped our sexual values and what shaped our beliefs about things that have to do with sex and or our own anatomy. Mm -hmm. So much recently, I keep hearing um, about a disgust of our own anatomy especially for vulva owners um we see a lot of penises out in the world Mm -hmm. um they are everywhere right whether it is a phallic symbol or whether it's a penis itself but we're not inundated with a lot of true vulva love we we can see like i don't know changed and fabricated ones in porn and in other things sometimes and it's getting better it truly is um But I see with my clients a lot of vulva disgust Mm. and then a lot of pain with penetration, which I also think kind of ties into these things. And then that all ties back to this concept of what we truly believe our sex negative or sex positive beliefs and where those came into our lives. So I know that's kind of like a lot, but it's what I'd love to talk about today. And I'd love to hear from kind of like your perspective of where do you think people are shaping their views, beliefs about sex and bodies now from your vantage point, your generation and the generations under you. Yeah. I think that would be fun because I know where my generation and even possibly some of the generations above me got their values. Yeah. But yeah, educate us. Where do you think where do you think values are coming from and beliefs about bodies and sex?
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: Or you can speak from personal experience. Yeah, broad. Start there.
0: So many places. I think, honestly, more than anything, what's shaping my generation and the younger generation's views is the constant input. It's not just one thing. It's the fact that it could be and it can be anything because we have these. Mm -hmm. I at least... My generation, I literally saw a video today calling us zillennials, people that were born Uh between like 97 and 02 because we at least remember what it was like to not have an iPhone. Yeah, yeah. So I am the last of the people that like remembers what it's like before, you know, a laptop was in everybody's hands or an iPad (sighs) or anything like that. Now, so my generation has still a lot of that because I had it in high school. We still had a Mm -hmm. shit ton of input all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. from the internet. But younger than me is just like, I I can't even fathom the amount of things they're seeing, learning. I don't even, I mean, the internet is a crazy place. I think Mm -hmm. the internet is the number one influence that's on everyone now, but definitely people who are still forming their frontal cortex. Right.
1: Well, and what's interesting, too, is that when you look at the research of what children and adolescents are coming to believe about sex and their bodies, it's not actual, like, education or information. It's feelings about those things, right? So it's value statements. It's morals statements. Mm -hmm. It's – which is not actually helpful information. No. It – the hope sometimes right if it's coming from a family value system or a religious value system is that the child will prolong involvement in the thing until frontal cortex is formed mm-hmm. but we both know that doesn't happen that's not gonna happen <laughs> no so instead they're just like ooh, this bad thing which jack moran would say attraction plus obstacle equals excitement absolutely right? does. and so there's your obstacle right so we give children these smartphones <laughs> and then we're like and don't look at anything that has to do with sex Sex, right? <sighs> sex is bad. Sex is naughty. Sex is evil. If they even say sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and then it just becomes more exciting.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think values, I think that's primary. Okay. You know, internet, phones, whatever you want to okay. group that under. And then just like everybody up peers, mm-hmm. um, whatever sex ed they're getting mm-hmm. at that time, parents, religious constructs, just like. Our environment, environment is everything.
1: How do you think that ties in or does it or does it not to view of bodies, especially for people in female bodies, like Mm. raised, gendered female?
0: Yeah. Well, a big one for me was dress code. I felt like my whole life I was taught that my body is like dangerous to the opposite Mm. sex and not only to them, to me, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm my body is so damn powerful it can stop little timmy from focusing on math class because i'm wearing spaghetti straps like i you have to have this far from your knee because thighs too much can't wear shorts can't wear leggings but if you're wearing leggings your t-shirt has to be long enough to go past your butt you know um but men were allowed to have or men they were boys but were allowed to have facial hair or Mm -hmm. they didn't have to wear a shirt when we were at the pool but i had to wear a t-shirt over my bathing suit even if it wasn't one piece like there's just all these double standards that not only are they double standards and like icky ew Mm -hmm. but also it was inadvertently teaching me my body is not safe yep Like I need to hide what I have, Mm. especially since I, and I can't even imagine how it was different for girls who are bigger or girls who are really, really skinny. For me, it was always, I knew at a young age, I have boobs. Right. I have boobs and I have a butt. Mm -hmm. And I knew that because old people were telling me that. Yeah. Not because boys my age were saying, oh, nice tits. No. It was because I was being told to cover up before little Timmy saw. Yes. And you know, all through high school, I would be sent home for, you know, mildly see-through t-shirts where you could see the strap of my tank top that I was wearing underneath. Like, but then I would go play volleyball with spandex on. Mm -hmm. But immediately after the game, mind you, we had to put basketball shorts on over the spandex. So that is such an interesting Mm -hmm. concept to me. I think that was very big part of why I struggled with body image growing up was just always being told that my body was dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because then we get into, too, later, what was she wearing? We hear that all the
1: time. Yep. Two things that I want to unpack from this. One, if our bodies are dangerous Hmm. and, like, shameful and should be hidden, do you think that that leads to an avoidance of learning one's own anatomy... Extending love, discovery of one's own vulva, the understanding of the process of arousal. Do you think it contributes at all to our own bodily disgust, right? Our own discomfort with being with ourselves, maybe looking at our genitals in a mirror, right? Just as we would our face in the mirror after a shower, right? I, I don't mean like spending all day looking yeah. at our vulva in the mirror. I just mean, do you think at all that so much that any of that contributes to? Those types of feelings
0: towards. 100%. 100%. It's not something that's supposed to be looked at. Hmm. Or (laughs) I put that in quotes because that was always just how I felt. Like, Mm -hmm. that's my no-no square. Wow. (laughs) No one's supposed to see that except my husband on our wedding night, you know? Like, it was always, no one should see that. Right.
1: Which audience Is so dangerous. Mm -hmm. It is dangerous from a sexual assault angle. Mm -hmm. It is dangerous from a not knowing one's own body enough to know the difference between like what your unaroused vulva and your aroused vulva looks like right? It is dangerous when not even knowing the the odors, right? Mm -hmm. We have this beautiful flora in our vaginas. And on any given time of the month, Mm -hmm. the odor can change and it can be stunning and beautiful. But we also could develop a yeast infection or bacterial Mm -hmm. vaginosis. And not knowing the differences
0: in our own bodies is so dangerous. Oh, yeah. I had a UTI in high school. And I remember it was when I was still playing volleyball. And I was in the middle of a volleyball game feeling like I was going to pee my pants. And like I could not, I did not know what was going on. I had no clue. I was in so much pain. I felt like I needed to pee. I was running to the bathroom in between sets. It was awful. And I had no idea what was going on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was so confused.
1: (laughs) The research says, welcome to our podcast, that, yeah, if young people are... Trained to believe. Yeah. Is that no-no square that you said? Yeah. Is that like a thing? What?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't go there. That's my no-no square.
1: Oh, okay. I understand that that was probably meant to protect. I understand the teaching behind that. Number one, we should never speak in like little terms like that with young people. They need to know the ac- absolute correct terms. It
0: stops them from reporting. Yes. They, well.
1: need, they don't need to say, someone touched my no-no square, yeah. right? They need to say, somebody touched my vulva through my underwear, mm-hmm. mom, right? They need to be able to speak exactly about what happened with power and authority about mm-hmm. their own bodies, just as they would say, someone touched my elbow. Yeah, <laughs> Like, it is just a body part. Yep. And we need to empower young people to say that. But So that's primary. Mm-hmm. And then right up next to it is... Pleasure needs to start with us. We need to be the lovers to ourselves first so that we can understand what it is that we're deserving of so that other people come along and treat us well, Mm -hmm. right? That is the difference between fear-based sex ed and pleasure-based sex ed. And I know it sounds scary to so many people out there. But if it was not discouraged, think how many of us would be spared shitty lovers. I'm sorry, right? If we were like, no, sorry, I do a better job taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. Move along move along okay or ow that hurts mm-hmm. right if we are so let's move on interventional penetration um yeah do you want to try to do any of the nerdy research of what happens during sexual arousal
0: oh yeah okay. um gosh there's so much research about that <laughs> so fun. but we know mm-hmm. statistically it takes 20 to 40 minutes for a woman to become fully aroused for someone in a female body mm-hmm. um a lot of that is that the just like a penis the blood must rush to that area and it fills it and it engorges Mm -hmm. and the labia become larger and more sensitive it takes 20 to 40 minutes for Mm -hmm. that to happen though and proper lubrication occurs within that time there's so much that goes on in that 20 to 40 minutes it's very important Mm -hmm. to the process of vaginal penetration
1: the clitoris like actually grows y'all Like actually grows and expands, just like a penis would, which leads to that engorgement. The blood is flowing, everything's just like getting juicy. And the vagina elongates, it balloons intense. It's like. (laughs) <laughs> we say like it opens, it pull with it as it's elongating, it pulls the cervix back. Mm-hmm. It starts to make room for what it wants to devour. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm, I'm getting hungry, right? It's the same process. I always talk about sphincters, okay? It is the same process as if you imagine eating your favorite sandwich or something where you're gonna need to take a really large bite of it and you're anticipating that, and so your salivatory glands, did mm-hmm. I say that right? Literally, I'm doing it now. You can do it in your own imagination as you are listening or watching to this podcast. You will start to salivate, which will start to say like, "Mm, I really want to take that big bite of that sandwich. That is what the vagina should do. And it should get to. It should get to say... I'm really hungry for that thing, right? And whether it's a solo sexual practice and that is one's fingers, whether it is a sex toy, a vibrator, a dildo, a like wonderful wand. There's so many wonderful things. A cucumber,
0: people have been known to use. Put a condom on it if you're gonna <laughs> use a cucumber, by the way.
1: Um and they're but our bodies know what they want. Mm-hmm. But it's very important for us to know, oh, yeah, it takes me about that long mm-hmm. to reach that point where I want something inside of me. Yep. Right? And for lots of people, y'all, it's a long time or they're like, nah, I could really take or leave something penetrating me. Yeah. Right? Because there's also so much pleasure just from external stimulation. So much.
0: I, for the longest time, thought that I just didn't enjoy penetrative sex.
1: Mm-hmm. I think you and the li- rest of the world. Yes,
0: so many women believe that. And then I had my first OB-GYN appointment when I turned 21, so a little over a year and a half ago. And, you know, they do a finger exam. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a wonderful OB-GYN back home, and she knows a little bit about my story, and so she was very kind and loving when she was doing this and talking me through it. She was like, okay, I'm going to put, like, my fingers on your and on your inner thigh and then i'm going to put my fingers in you um and when she did i was just like i was i was fine like there was no traumatic things going mm-hmm, up on in mm-hmm. my head and she was like, like you can relax and i was like i am relaxed <laughs> what do you mean i am so chill <laughs> i was in fact not chill uh-huh. um and so she helped me and guided me and was like, okay, think about these muscles in mm-hmm. your inner thighs and just let go. And so I did and I was like, wow. I've never released those muscles before. <laughs> and it's I mean, it's just a common trauma response of the body being like, Nope. hmm Nope. 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 Mm-hmm. Nope. 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 Especially when you're not aroused. Yes. That's the key because when I'm aroused, I don't struggle with, I don't cognitively have to think, okay, and release. Mm -hmm. Still, sometimes I do Mm -hmm. just because of a trauma Mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. But I think it's so important to get that arousal before the penetration because that was so much of the reason I thought I would hated sex because I was like, it hurts. It hurts so bad. And we have this stupid freaking culture that tells us that tight pussies are God. so attractive and so pleasurable for the man. So I thought I was just crushing it. <sighs> Turns out it's a trauma response yeah. and that had been glorified.
1: Yeah. Or, and lack of arousal, mm-hmm. right? And lack of desire for the penetration mm-hmm. that is happening. Yeah.
0: But I thought that was good.
1: Uh-huh. Y'all, that is a male-centered, male-focused, phallic-focused view of penetrative intercourse. And it is the predominant narrative that we hear, especially in the United States. And it is messed up. Yeah. Good lovers would love to be desired by the one who is bringing them inside of them, yeah. right? Yeah, reach out if you want to work on this. But my fav- one of my favorite things to talk about is this concept of the devouring vagina and that she takes in what she wants. Yeah, penetrative intercourse the audience who's just listening. I am demonstrating right now. This kind of like thrusting concept. Yeah. It, no, it absolutely feels wonderful for the penis. And I love penises. I love them. Okay. But no, the vulva, the vagina, the clitoris loves rocking motions. It loves the penis holding still. I always say like a rod mm-hmm. and then the vagina moving around on it. Mm-hmm. We have these luscious hips, y'all, for people with vulvas and we are meant to move them. And so yeah, on... In exams, in pelvic exams at an OBGYN's office. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of discomfort because no, it is it is not the time and space to get sexy times. Although with clients with trauma, I will tell them to take um, AirPods or some type of thing and listen to some type of romantic novel to calm themselves down yeah. because it is such a stressful, let's do a whole episode on that at some point, yeah. like preparing for that exam because it's so stressful. <laughs> but No. It is such, it is so archaic, this tight pussy thing. Oh, my goodness. And it's just wrong. Like, if yeah. you think about it. No. It's just wrong. Like Also, the same vaginas are the same things like birthing babies. Yeah. Yeah. They are able to expand yeah. and do miraculous, amazing things. Yeah. And then be fully functional afterwards, Mm -hmm. which shout out for both becoming fully functional afterwards and your tight pelvic floor on the exam table. And maybe we can have somebody on pelvic floor physical therapy is a wonder. And so if you're an audience member out there and you've like never heard of pelvic floor physical therapy, reach out to us and we can get you connected to somebody in your area. First and foremost, they are some of the most consensual providers ever, and they are just the coolest. But second, they would be a great addition to maybe if you're in sex therapy or sex education, but you're still having like the muscular type of work that needs to happen. They're just phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. they are just phenomenal and can help you change your life, help you connect that mind, body, yeah. like, and make magic yeah. of, oh. Because that's
0: all she had to do was mm-hmm. say, these muscles. Yeah. I just had no idea. Right.
1: One of my favorite authors, teachers, Betty Dodson, has this quote in her book, Sex for One, which is a must read for anybody <laughs> to understand the relationship that we have with ourselves as sexual beings. But she says that in our quest to become good little girls and good little boys, especially in constraining cultures, whether it's religious or a family origin or um, cultural, we can cut off the neural pathways from our brain to our genitals. And I can't tell you how many times I see this, how many people come in and they're like, I'm in pelvic floor PT. And there I can use their prompts and relax it. But then I'm in an intimate moment with my partner, my loving partner, Mm -hmm. and I can't relax my pelvic floor anymore. And so we work on redoing messaging, right? Mm -hmm. Weeding that garden full of sex negative beliefs and truly figuring out how we can create chaos in the brain so that we can then make new neural pathways to pleasure. Mm. Because we got to weed these gardens. Some of these things were planted in us, the no-no. No-no square. No-no square. Before we were old enough to really form opinions about these things. So they were chosen for us. And part of the work too, I love everybody to know, is that sometimes some of those beliefs come with us. Right mm-hmm. some of those things are okay like not every belief that was planted in our sexual gardens is heinous but it's our job's we have yeah. like a literally a right and responsibility to figure out what it is that matters to us and the type of sexual beings that we want to be so that then we can put boundaries around those values not just right d- dress codes that protect us well why what's the value that it is supporting right that's why mm-hmm. we must readdress boundaries and dress codes and all this kind of bullshit because what is it protecting right what messaging is it sending in 2023 mhm yeah Anyway, let's go – let's do some sex educator nerdiness now. Let's talk about practically maybe things that we've each done, mm-hmm. um, experiences that we've had because yeah. research meets reality. Um, and then we can talk about positions that would be good slash not good. Yeah. Um, maybe at-home self-pleasure practice things that yeah. could help. Does that sound like a Absolutely. good way? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Hit it. Is there anything that you found that's helpful for you?
0: Hit it. Um. The number one thing that has been helpful for me are – um drops. Mm. The little weed drops. Mm-hmm. They're not weed. They're it's not THC. It's C B D. That has been so relaxing. Like it's physically relaxing for my body, mm-hmm. which is so nice. But before I had access to that, I used weed. I would mm-hmm. smoke weed mm-hmm. a little bit. And that would be like so helpful yeah. for me. Um, I think a big part of my struggle with just like clamping up mm-hmm. was a mental thing yep. it was a mental block of like oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god and like it would just be so scary even though it, it was I mean I'm thinking in my long-term relationship that I had mm-hmm. and I'm like he was wonderful he was mm-hmm. so lovely he was so healing for me and yet in that relationship I struggled the most mm-hmm. with clamping up and not being able to like have joyful intercourse because I was just so stressed out. So the number one thing that helped me was smoking a little bit or using the little CBD drops and a pillow under my hips. Crazy enough, that was the biggest change for me was taking a pillow and putting it under my hips because I finally, I like, it moved my muscles to a position that was easier for me to like release Mm. so that was just completely and totally mind-blowing for me I was like this is just a pillow Mm -hmm. this is just a pillow Mm -hmm. under my butt right Mm -hmm. now and it is making monumental differences
1: Mm -hmm. in the
0: intercourse that I'm having Mm -hmm. and I had no idea Mm
1: -hmm. okay two things that this nerdy sex educator has to say about these things okay number one That is not surprising, what Holland just said, about being in a safe relationship with a person and it being the most painful penetrative intercourse. Again, back to Jack Moran's erotic equation of attraction plus obstacle Mm. equals excitement. So oftentimes when we take away the sexual obstacle and then we have a person who actually cares about us in front of us, it becomes more scary and more painful because it's more vulnerable.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And is that fair? fuck no. It's just not. And I want anyone out there who is listening or watching, who is experiencing something else, there is nothing wrong with your relationship. If you are in a relationship with a loving person and you're like, why all of a sudden am I having the most painful intercourse? Let's talk. Because yes, there are reasons all of a sudden, it's more vulnerable. All of a sudden, you don't want to lose this person. All of a sudden, it actually matters. And then all of a sudden, your body feels safe enough to go back to some of these original traumas too, mm-hmm. right? It's not escaping mm-hmm. over here. There's Sometimes it's you're going to feel some disassociation, but sometimes it's actually the first time you're not, and then you're actually present in this body, and it's like, ah, <laughs> right? So that. Then second, I loved what you said about the pillow, because yes, sometimes y'all, all all it is is a simple tool. Mm -hmm. And that's why education is so helpful, right? And that is such a beautiful example of renegotiation of trauma through play too, Mm -hmm. of, oh, all we do is introduce something new. Yeah. Yeah. Because your body doesn't have a memory of that.
0: And I can't tell you too how hot it is for your partner to just lean over and grab a pillow and put it yes. under you. Like, that is the sexiest thing yes. I've ever seen. Yeah,
1: because it's caring, too. Mm-hmm. It really, really, really is.
0: And it's under—it's having an understanding of what my body needs mm-hmm. in a way that I don't even have to ask. I remember mm-hmm. I wouldn't have to ask, and I was like, oh, he loves me. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm let's move into positions then and then we'll get to like my personal like experiences Mm -hmm. especially recently too because that's just got me thinking about these things So was that in like a man-on-top missionary position? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's a common position. (laughs) There's lots of things on the internet that some people like love it. Some people are like, why are we hating on missionary? Because it feels so good. It can feel so Mm -hmm. connected, right? There's a lot of eye contact there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of face-to-face for a penis owner. It's a really comfortable position as well. Um, It can feel so nice. They can control the tempo. It's Mm -hmm. a lovely position. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to get hated here. Is it the best for someone who has fear regarding something penetrating them? No, it's not because they need to be taking the power back. So there's so many fun positions, and so we can just talk about it a little bit. Um, A woman on top, right, Yeah, would be really great, especially if – it was almost torso to torso, not we well, I see like people like sitting up, like riding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean that because that that's – people get in their minds that this like vulva is like plopping down on top of this erect pokey penis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about.
0: Oh, I've been impaled. Uh-huh.
1: No, <laughs> you're not like sitting on a sword. I don't like this uh, this visual. But if you are reclined over top of a partner, almost cuddling, almost yeah. laying on top of them and then sliding – the vulva flat back mm-hmm. towards the penis, super fun, then, sure, you could eventually sit up and feel that tilt and see where positions are mm-hmm. most comfortable. But I think whatever we think of woman on top, we have these I'm probably from porn, probably from movies yeah, like uh, yeah, man, woman, like a, <laughs> what is that? like perpendicular, yeah, yeah. it no.
0: No. The, yeah, yeah, I mean, do that if that's your jam. Sure. But.
1: Sure. Another version of this that I love is if you have a headboard or if you have a couch, mm-hmm. bringing your person up, not, to, again, n- no right angles, Why? No, less right angles, more like acute. No. What is what, obtuse?
0: Obtuse?
1: I think that's acute. obtuse. Like and this is acute, right? When it, Obtuse, it's like acute, yeah. uh-huh. right
0: angle. <laughs> Welcome more to obtuse. geometry. Welcome to geometry with so, sex for you. <laughs> It's the one class I had to get a tutor in, so don't ask me for your geometry
1: needs. But think of a more open, not a right angle, a more open angle. And again, woman on top. I love this position where people still have undergarments on or fully closed. Mm-hmm. And the person with the vulva is straddling because yeah. in this position, the person with the vulva can start to feel their arousal and not be afraid of, again, a pokey penis. That's what I'm yeah. going to say for the rest of my life. Pokey penis. Pokey penis. Um, they can they can feel their hips start mm-hmm. to move. If they just have underwear on, but the penis is not clad in underwear, they can feel ooh an erect penis against their clitoris. Mm-hmm. That can also feel really good. Again, the Hips will start to, I'm like feeling it in my body, will start to like dip. Like yeah. they want, yeah, it's they like want a little, this thing. Yes. It's like they just kinda sit down. Uh-huh. That start to, that relinquishing of those pelvic floor muscles, mm-hmm. okay? Is what you wanna start to see. Yeah. Not this like ugh, tight. Okay, this, like, pull away. If that's being experienced in your body, maybe because you don't have enough hip flexibility, Mm -hmm. get with a pelvic floor PT or Mm -hmm. start some yoga classes. Start all of these things. They don't have anything to do with sex. You need to stretch your body because it's good for you. Um, That's a great position, but that can also be a really fun position for penetration from that pokey penis if you desire it. Because, again, there's body contact and clitoris contact against a pubic bone or against the base of the shaft. And that can feel so good on the vulva. Again, you don't, the whole bouncing up and down. Sure. If that is your cup of tea, bounce up and down. I'm not really here for it, for the pleasure of a person with a clitoris. I am much here for rolling and rocking and Mm -hmm. feeling into that constant pressure. Yeah. Because if anybody thinks about how they masturbate, they usually don't masturbate by like, bouncing like like moving the pressure away from their clitoris <laughs> like the clitoris wants the pressure yeah. it wants the play it wants the teasing yeah. so don't feel pressured especially for this topic that we're talking about like pain with in- penetrative yeah. intercourse to bounce no that is not a requirement yeah no bouncing required especially
0: with people with a long pe- penis yes because then it's like ah
1: do we remember episode one where Lawrence shared the teacher impaled colored? impaled <laughs> impaled, <laughs> impaled y'all impaled.
0: Long penis, beautiful,
1: love it. I love all penises, penis equality for all. And yet, if you have a longer penis, you need to know that your partner might need even more time to become aroused so that their vagina can elongate and tend.
0: And there are also, I think this is a great tool for people with longer penises, those O-nuts. Yeah, I wish I had them up here. It looks like a little scrunchie. We'll just use this and it goes on to pee-pee. And it makes it a little bit shorter. We'll put the link in the show notes. And it's great because you still can go mm-hmm. at like whatever full speed you want to go at. But it restricts the penis from entering fully. And I think it's wonderful for people who don't want to engulf the full penis. I don't know if
1: I've told you this story.
0: You I know. have a story. With Onuts? Yeah. What happened? Oh, my. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay come on. <laughs> oh my God. This is like a hidden gem deep in the episode. Who knows who that, that has so many meanings. All right. So Onut, oh we have an affiliate link, y'all. We always like to be super transparent. Um, we Um I do love their products. They mm-hmm. are medical grade silicone. They are fantastic for pain with penetration. They're also fantastic for people in a postpartum period who really do want to have like some penetration, but they're not interested in the penis going all the way inside. Love them. Let us know if you want to have any more questions. So but before i recommend anything i always like to try it oh my god i get so embarrassed telling these stories okay so you these onuts are so cool cuz they're stackable and yeah. you can you can stack them together and so my partner and I tried two and I was like, okay, that's interesting. I was fully aroused. This is perfect. Um, so it wasn't really keeping from penetration because I, it was like my wonderfully open aroused vagina was just bringing everything in. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let's try like the full four. Like they come in a pack of four, like let's just try four. And so it's late. It's not late at night, but it's like dark. And, Yeah, I was also interested in my partner's experience as a penis owner. Like, does it feel restrictive? Is it frustrating? And he was like, no, it feels lovely. Like, it really feels lovely. Because they put pressure on "Uh it. It's almost like a cock ring, y'all. Like, there's there's like, it doesn't go as low. It doesn't do that type of thing. You put it on the top, but like, it's good. So anyway, we we both have a beautiful orgasms. We're like, this is an interesting product. This is lovely. Um, He like pulls them off. And tosses them, like, on our bedside table or something. Mm-hmm. And then the next day, we're, like, cleaning up from our evening, making our bed in the morning, yada, yada. And he's put he hands tosses them to me to put in, like, their cute little baggie. And I'm like, where's the fourth one?
0: Yeah, I felt like that was coming.
1: <laughs> and we're like, that's weird. So we literally tear our room apart looking for the fourth one. And I'm like, it must have, because the other ones they did—they fell off the bedside table and under a different table in our room. And I'm like, maybe it like fell and ricocheted, and it's just under our bed somewhere, you know, like the remote, y'all. Like, and you can't find the remote. I was like, it's gonna show up. I just know it is. This is around New Year's Eve. Okay.
0: Oh my god. Uh huh. So <laughs> I know where it's gonna show up. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Everybody knows where this is going, but I didn't. I did not. Oh, my God. And so we search, we search. Days go by. A week goes by. I start having like a really upset tummy, like the most upset tummy, so upset tummy that we have friends and company over on New Year's Eve Mm -hmm. and everybody's like staying up to watch. And I'm like, guys, I am so sorry. Like I'm having I get like stomach gas sometimes when I eat like chickpeas. Um, And I was like, it's like I had hummus but I haven't had hummus. Like I'm, excuse me. I go out on the back deck of our house and I'm like rolling around trying to pass gas on my back porch on New Year's Eve. Like, I don't know what's wrong. I would, but it was, it just felt like such internal discomfort. The next morning, New Year's Day, I have my coffee. I'm having my bowel movement, which turns into like explosive diarrhea. I am sorry, everybody. <laughs> I am so sorry. Of which I start bearing down like like I am going to give birth bearing down. And then I feel something come out of my body and splash into the toilet full of diarrhea. What was it? The fourth onus. <laughs> Oh, my God. I It's like I I am not a queasy person. It was like I gagged because it had been sitting in me for over a week. Yeah. Just sitting in there. I had had sex many times with this O-nut way up inside of me. <laughs> my partner never felt it. It was like up in the recesses of my vaginal fornex, y'all, which I was probably ovulating because everything pulls up. Like I, I – What? <laughs> what? Oh, my God. I have video. I uh, We could make it part of the teaser of this episode even. Because what I did, I washed, obviously, everything. My toilet, the O-nut, my hands, my body. Um, Metal-grade silicone. It cleans really well. <laughs> yeah. um, and so then I just go, I start walking upstairs, but I have my phone on. And I was like, Trey, do you remember that fourth O-nut that we couldn't find? And I'm just, like, filming at my stomach. And he's like, yeah. And I just said, like. I just hold it up and he's like oh my god where was it?" and I <laughs> it was inside of me and he like hurls he just like, starts bothering <laughs> for over a week so oh. this is what I can say about that my body got no infection it was not upset at all yeah no wow. there was no toxic shock syndrome it truly is medical grade silicone I was fine
0: um I might to give you
1: some tum-tum
0: problems Yeah, don't leave it in there. Your body's like, get this out. Yeah. Hey, lady. Pop. That's supposed to stop it from going inside. Uh So
1: if you use O-Not, make sure to retrieve all the parts.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ah! There's a retrieval fee of aggressive (laughs) diarrhea and. Yes! Your vulva.
1: Sex education. Yeah, I, again, and kind of like what Holland was saying earlier, like that she wants people to think she's doing a good job, right? Like it's not even about the doing the good job. She wants people to think she's doing a good job. That was me being like, oh,
0: like
1: um, I can't tell anyone because I'm supposed to be a sex educator.
0: That's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. I feel like that should be an advertisement for Nut.
1: We're safe up to a week inside I, your body yeah, I, no it's really not good it's really it's really not really not, mm-hmm. not recommended no no your body will expel
0: yeah
1: anyway <laughs> yeah okay positions is what we we're talking about um so many positions that could be good one of my favorites is um a, like a side lying position that's so, what i was gonna mm-hmm. say yeah. yeah do you want to kind of describe yeah, it like, or like uh-huh. spooning Uh So
0: um, have, you know, your penis person behind you. And I feel like it's easiest for the penis person to Mm -hmm. figure out Mm -hmm. all that. And they do kind of lead it, I guess, Mm -hmm. in that situation. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very comfortable because you really don't... It's not full penetration at that Mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. Like, at that point, I think it's maybe an inch or Mm -hmm. two Mm -hmm. that goes Mm -hmm. in. And it's so easy for them to reach around and play with the clitoris. And, Mm -hmm. like, it's just a really comfortable position if you're not super comfortable with the idea of deep penetration
1: it's also a really good position to have a vibrator in
0: oh yeah yeah
1: and again with the penis being a rod if you want to w- you just have the penis center hold still or y'all if this is a same sex a couple like yeah you could have a dildo in there mm-hmm. you could right be pen- like just playing from the back with mm-hmm. fingers again shallow mm-hmm. penetration would be so beautiful um yeah, but using a vibrator on yourself from the front while some type of penetration is happening from the back, but it's still moving the hips if yeah. you need to, right? Or doing whatever typical clitoral stimulation can feel really good. Because, yeah, that shallow penetration is lovely there. It's lovely. It's sort of lovely. Um, and then a favorite of mine, which is harder to describe on here, is the person with the vulva kind of laying on their back. And the person with a penis laying on their side facing the person. OK, so this is this is going to be almost more of a right angle. But the person with the vulva has one leg draped over the person with a penis. And then the person with a penis is almost like fitting into them like a puzzle piece. I know this sounds I'm going to give I'm going to send you an image. You can put it up on the screen like you did the tattoo. OK, because it's really one of my favorites. Some people call it scissoring, but that gets confusing because we all have a different view of scissoring. I call it sideline sex in that. You are almost facing each other, Mm -hmm. but the person with the vulva can literally guide because they're they're just here. Like if you can reach your own vulva, you can reach the penis in this position. Um, And then the feet can be planted either one on the bed or the floor or whatever you like to have your sexy sex. And then the other foot can either be planted on their hip or over them. I have a small sex partner, so my my person's very petite. My leg can go all the way over and I'm so tall. But for lots of people, their leg can just rest on top of their person. But then they can okay. still get, I promise I'm going to give you this view. It's so lovely. It is one of my favorite ways to introduce penetration for people who don't like penetration. Okay. Because you can still see your person. They can be Mm -hmm. kissing here. They can be touching the boobies. There can be lots of touch and connection. Mm -hmm. But the person with the vulva can be guiding and rocking their hips up onto the like leg
0: that's literally draped over them. Interesting. I'm going to send you a picture. Thank you. I promise. Sorry. I'm not an auditory learner. I am very much a visual Mm -hmm. learner. So I am so confused. I hope I'm sure they know better than I do. I don't at this think...
1: Point. I don't know because I tried to explain a meme on the partnership podcast the other day and Trey was what like... What meme was it? Okay, I'm going to try this again. My sex partner, y'all, my husband, my partner, just had a vasectomy. And so I sent him a meme of... Mel Gibson, a director, everybody has Mel Gibson Mm -hmm. thoughts, talking to the actor who played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Okay. Okay? So Mel's sitting there. The guy who's playing Jesus has, like, the crown of thorns and blood all over his face. Okay. And he's just looking at Mel with this, like, perturbed look on his face. And the meme says, me explaining to my wife that I know everything about the human experience after getting a vasectomy. And the person's just looking at him. (laughs) And it's like, my wife. I thought I did a good job describing that. Yeah. I can visually see it. Yeah. Okay. Then, well, thank you. I can see it. Okay. But you can't see my sex position. No. Okay. Well, that's because it's... I don't think a lot of people use it. I mean, you'll have to tell me if you, like, you've ever tried this before.
0: No. Not okay. that I know of. Because you have long legs, too. <laughs> I this do could have work. very long legs, but I also dated a very tall human for a I while. still
1: think this would have worked. A position that I wouldn't recommend for someone who's like, ouchy times with penis poking... Doggy. <laughs> ...is doggy. Do you want to talk about why or experience or anything like that? And then I will tell my personal story.
0: I feel like I have a weird experience with it because Uh I actually really like doggy. Yeah. It's
1: that. Did you ever feel any like cervical discomfort or any uterine discomfort or any like?
0: There were a few times I'd be like, oh, we need to stop. Okay. But I mean, we always had just like a safe word and I'd be like,
1: oh, okay. Yeah. Again, depending on arousal. Yeah depending on length of the penis, depending on angle of the lean or, yeah, it can be varying degrees of uncomfortable for people. And Mm -hmm. I love that you brought it up that, you know, missionary guy on top was more painful than Mm -hmm. that because everybody's going to have a different experience. And so it's fine. But predominantly a lot of people have discomfort with doggy style. And that is literally just the tilt of the pelvis. And
0: yeah. You know what? I bet that has to do with it, too, Mm because I have a tilted uterus. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if mine is more Mm -hmm. tilted to where it's more comfortable to do doggy Mm -hmm. than it is missionary. That would make a lot of Mm -hmm. sense. And... So with that, a lot of people get
1: thrown out, oh, you have a tilted uterus, but then never like get any instruction regarding it. Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it really doesn't matter with intercourse if a full arousal is present. Mm-hmm. The only times it's really going to be uncomfortable is, yes, if you're in the position. So some uteruses, when they say you have a tilted uterus, tilt forward, and then some tilt backwards. Mm-hmm. And you can, yeah, we can put more in the show notes about that, but that's a whole other episode. And, yeah, I bet just the angle of the yeah, tilt. Yeah, because mine is tilted forward. Mm-hmm, so that makes mm-hmm. sense
0: because you think about being pronate like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, that's absolutely more down. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's just bodies. Huh. Uh-huh. Light bulb. Woo!
1: If your partner really wants to try doggy style, you really want to try doggy style because I believe everybody gets to try whatever they try want froggy to. froggy style. Yeah. Well, there you go. Explain froggy
0: style. Froggy style brings in my best friend the pillow. ha! <laughs> I love the pillow. Uh You take the pillow and instead of putting it under your butt, you put it under your hips. Mm -hmm. Um, You have the person with the vulva lay down on their tummy. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's less of an aggressive 90 degree angle again. So you put that pillow underneath your little hippies while you lay down. And I have usually do it with like legs together Um, or just like barely apart. And then you have the person with the penis come behind you and kind of like lay on Mm -hmm. top of you rather than like. Yeah. Lord over you, yeah. <laughs> so it's more like a like a cuddling. It's mm-hmm. almost like taking that sideline position yep. and just like rotating it. Yep. Um. And yeah, just have them penetrate from a like behind, but like more gentle, and it offers just a little bit more of a gentle degree angle.
1: And then, y'all, what's getting stimulated? But the clitoris from the pillow mm-hmm. and. It's going to be more pleasurable. Mm -hmm. It just is, right? Yes, doggy style, like hands and knees, could absolutely for some folks be super pleasurable in that – if the angle is right, the penis is rolling over the G-spot continually and the urethral sponge and hitting skeins skin's glands, and it could be an amazing angle. But there's not going to be any of that frontal clitoral mm-hmm. pleasure that is pleasurable for a lot of people. So again, mm-hmm. in a doggy style position, having a vibrator there is a great idea. Um, but in the froggy style, any type where, yeah, you are more flat. It's just going to be more fun. You can, again, bring a vibrator around and make it pleasurable for all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another version would be if you're standing. So you could stand. And again, we need we need stickers that are like sex educators against right angles. Like I, not at a right angle. Like I think a lot of times we'll see like leaning over a table. But I almost I would like you to imagine like leaning over a dresser or something taller mm-hmm. um, where you can bend. But it's not like this full bend over. Yeah. And so then the person behind you, and again, this is all about heights and all that type of yeah. stuff too, right? It's only going to work for certain types of bodies, but you could also like step on a step stool. There's so many fun things you could do. Um, so that the person with the penis is coming behind mm-hmm. and getting to hold the hips, getting to like caress the boobs, all that kind of good stuff. But you still feel supported with whatever you're leaning over. Yeah. Bookcase, built in, front door. I mean- Back of couch. Uh, huh, Back of couch. Find something that just fits with your height. Yeah. That's maybe not a full lean over. Yeah. Again, though, if you want to increase comfort with these things, stretches, mm-hmm. like tr- we are bodies, like mm-hmm. we are like, <laughs> it's like our tool we bring yeah. to the sexual experience and it is really, really helpful. I can link to the vagina rehab doctor. Yeah. So if you are experiencing discomfort, exercises, we if, just like if you were wanting to get better at, I don't know, running and you would work in some yoga or some stretching pre and after running, um, It's okay to view like good sex as a sport. Like it's okay to stretch your body to have the sex that you want to have. There Mm -hmm. is nothing wrong with it. No. Sure. Sex is like primal and part of our bodies and inherent and we are worthy of the best sex. That doesn't mean we don't sometimes have to stretch our bodies.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get a good stretch in. Mm -hmm. I played sports for most of my life. I got to stretch. Yeah. I got some injuries. Some latent injuries in here. Speaking
1: of, speaking of,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, the one and
1: only time I have had discomfort with pain with penetration Mm -hmm. was recent. And so this is this is a shout out to anybody who, yeah, maybe is active in their lives and all of a sudden is experiencing painful penetration. It is never what's wrong with me. It is always what happened to me, which is a trauma informed approach. And I, I like to pretend I'm still very young and do these musical theater contracts and tap dance and do the splits. And I wasn't, it wasn't the tap dancing and splits that actually harmed me. It was the crappy shoes that I was wearing. And we all know as we get older, like that actually, it really matters. And so my toes were having to do this crazy grippy action and I now know that I was like, I like, literally can feel it. My whole, my my hamstrings were tensing up. Everything was tensing up. So I slid down in the splits one day. I literally heard y'all that like metallic ping in my hamstring. It was very, very bad. Worst hamstring injury I've ever given myself, and it's been a lot as a dancer. Um, but the saddest part was this healing of it. It was at the insertion into the glute, which was right in the pelvic floor. And for the first time ever, I experienced crazy pain on the left side of my pelvic bowl. Like literally like, it was almost like it was connecting to my vagina. And so one time in penetrative intercourse, my hips literally froze up. Mm -hmm. Like I froze in the moment. And... (laughs) my poor partner's face he was like terrified because i think i might it was one of the most painful things i've ever experienced Mm -hmm. yeah so bad and so yeah tried a bunch a bunch a bunch of things and the including stretching and rehab and all this type of stuff. But the thing that has finally helped is acupuncture. Mm -hmm. And that got deep enough to it and kind of signaled to my body like, hey, come here, here. Um, And so just know it's okay. Like it's okay to be frustrated and it's okay to advocate for your body. And I had to tell my partner that like a bunch of different little things that we used to do that were like fun positions, not fun. Like not fun. And the way, FYI, it can turn into something much longer and more – problematic in your sexual relationship is if we do not advocate for ourselves. Mm-hmm. If we just start taking pain, mm-hmm. then the body starts being like, oh, I don't like this. Oh, I don't like this. So the number one thing I would tell you as a sex educator is, yeah, don't do that. Say say to a partner, ouch. Yeah. <laughs> and then let them be super sweet and bring a pillow to put into yeah. your bottom. Yeah. Which, yay, right? Do not tolerate. And endure because then the body is going to start to protect itself and yeah. everything. Then it's going to associate sex with pain. Yep. Then you're going to want sex less. Yep. It, it, is a, it is a slippery slope.
0: It is a very slippery slope. And it's not benefiting your partner to stay silent about what's hurting you because I promise you they don't want to hurt you. No. And if they do want to hurt you, you should be in a Maybe different relationship. Leave. Maybe leave. Anything else? Oh, brilliant one. That is me. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Mm-hmm it's my crown
1: mm-hmm. you can't tell just don't make your crown full of right angles it's the only thing that it's not allowed to have or oh nuts <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'll make myself an oh nut tiara boo <sighs> a donut mm-hmm.
1: that sounds <laughs> nice
0: um I don't think so reach out to us if you have any questions admin at sexed for you um yeah
1: hmm you want to close this out you want to say the goodbye
0: I could say the goodbye, I guess. Say
1: the goodbye.
0: Did you see the goodbye in our most recent episode where I just dissociated really hard?
1: While well, I was talking to the camera? Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh-huh. It was really entertaining. Uh-huh. So now it's your turn. Okay. okay. I'll dissociate. La <laughs> da. Um, email us at admin at sexed 4 you.com if you have any questions or concerns. Um, if you would like to begin working with Lauren, then you can do um, a free consult. You can request one at sexed 4 you.com forward slash free consult. Um, what else do we put on there?
1: I'm a sex educator, not a sex therapist. Yeah. These are our opinions and our lived experiences. Yeah. Um,
0: follow us on Instagram ooh. at sex underscore ed underscore four underscore you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, do your own research. We love research. If you find research that you want us to talk about, send it to us. Yeah. Um, you have a right to informed decision making and we hope that this is like helpful (laughs) and if it's not leave it (laughs) leave it behind um it's one of our favorite things that we get to form opinions and we want you to form your own
0: yeah
1: have a lovely day
0: Bye. Bye. bye